Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hey everyone, I am so excited. We have we have a celebrity today. Her name is Emma Bing. Emma, welcome to the podcast. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. So for anyone who doesn't know you, can you give a quick background on who you are and what you do? Yes, of course. Um, I am the daughter of Heidi Murkoff, who's the author of the What to Expect When You're Expecting series, the creator. And she actually delivered the proposal while she was in labor with me. So now that I'm on the cover, it's literally come full circle. I am the lifestyle editor of whattoexpect.com. Um, I do a lot of work with the brand. I do a lot of lives. I do a podcast with my mom, What to Expect Podcast, and kind of just do a little bit of everything. But most of all, I'm a mom of two. I have an eight-year-old son named Lennox and a three-year-old named Sebastian. Actually, his name is Sebastian with an E, but I call him Sebastian. My husband hates it because I literally cannot pronounce my son's name. So let's just call him Sebi. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> I I love that. Very fancy. Okay. Yeah. He's very fancy. He's fancier than I am. That's why I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> I love that. So before we jump in, I do have to tell you what to expect when you're expecting had such an impact on my life. So I'm a mom of four. And when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I got the book and I was so excited to be pregnant and have a baby. And I lived in an apartment at the time with my husband. Um, and we had this like little tiny apartment gym and I would go into the gym and I would sit on the sit down bike. And every week I would read a chapter of what to expect when you're expecting, which correlates to the week I was pregnant. And it was like, just such a special thing for me. And I, I even remember going to Barnes and Noble and buying it. And it's like such a part of my first pregnancy journey. Um, so I, I know I, I, it's so fun to be able to talk to you right now. Um, oh my gosh, my mom's going to love that too. (laughs) It, it really, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you guys hear that all the time. It's like touch people across the world, but it's just such a fond place in my heart. So Emma, what are you going to talk to everybody about today? I am going to talk about postpartum depression because I think that sadly there's this stigma, you know, attached to it. I had horrible postpartum depression with my second son. So I feel like, you know, after I got through it, it became something that I really felt I wanted to share and talk about. Because for me, there's no such thing as TMI. There is no, nothing that I won't talk about, especially if it's going to help somebody else. So I am ready to talk about all things postpartum depression and baby blues and I am about to get super real. <laughs> so let's do this. 
I think that's what everyone loves the most about you. Just how truly real you are. It's, it's really amazing. Um, so for anyone who is listening, this can be a triggering conversation. Um, so we are going to get into the nitty gritty of postpartum. Um, hopefully the, you know, we can help some people maybe that don't know that they have it, identify it and, you know, some ideas of where to get help. So Emma, you said yes. it was with, um, Sebi, but not with your first child. You did not have postpartum depression then. Can you tell us a little about, about your story? Yeah. So with my first child, I had IVF and I had this like magical pregnancy. I was so excited to have this baby and I had him and it was just, you know, magical everything. You know, I, I was in my twenties, which is ironic because I was in a horrible, horrible marriage. My husband was cheating on me. I'm, I don't know again, TMI, but for some reason, I just really connected to motherhood. I really connected to my son and, you know, it was a very special experience with my second, I got pregnant in Vegas. I was dating my now husband for, I think four months. We got engaged after three months. We went to Vegas. I got pregnant. I was so excited. I didn't know I could even get pregnant. And it was brand new. It was this new experience with this new man. Um, And I was already a mom. I think during my pregnancy, I was starting to feel like build up this guilt because my, um, at the time, I think he was four, son just went through a divorce. And although he was obsessed with my now husband, these were going to be huge changes in his life, like a new baby. So I started to kind of like get anxious. Then one day, I think I was about 33 weeks, I went to a tide pool and I got bit by an octopus, which put me into preterm labor. (laughs) And they stopped the labor, but then I couldn't hold on anymore. And I gave birth to Sebi, I think at 35 weeks, and he was in the NICU. And I had guilt because I went to the tide pools and I picked up an octopus. And then I had guilt because I was in the hospital away from my son and then my other son was in the NICU and I couldn't hold him. And I definitely didn't get to bond with him, which I did with my first. Yeah. And eventually he went home and he was healthy and I started to feel like I didn't want to hold him, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to feed him. I didn't want to change him. You know, I was happy when somebody else would want to hold him like when someone would come over and take him away from me I didn't feel like I loved him I didn't feel that connection that you know everyone talks about like this magical moment when you you know your baby is here and which I experienced with Lennox and then it just started to progressively get worse and I stopped eating I stopped showering I stopped sleeping I didn't sleep, but I also slept all day. So it was weird. It was this bizarre situation. And then I didn't want to leave the house. I lost, I think like 20 pounds within like two weeks. It was awful. And then my husband, my rock bottom for me, I think my husband said, okay, you know what? we need to go out to dinner. We need to get out of the house. So he took me out and I remember we would go to these restaurants and we'd pull up and I'd be like, I'm not going in there. There's too many people in there. I don't want to go in there. And then we were driving down this oceany road because we live in Los Angeles. And I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like if we crash right now and I die, I'm happy, you know, I'm okay. 
Like I, it wouldn't bother me. And to me, that was my rock bottom because like, that's just not who I am as a person. Right. And, you know, I've had other depression in my life, like as a teenager, but nothing to that extent. And I have friends who had a different kind of postpartum depression where like, they would want to like, they thought had thoughts of like harming their child. I never had that. I had no connection to my child. He was like a stranger, but I had more self-harm thoughts. Um, And in a way I'm actually kind of happy I had that rather than wanting to hurt my baby for me, at least, um, that was easier for me to, I think, deal with. So I think, you know, this is, it's a, it's really interesting if you, if you just Google it, right. And you look up kind of what are their signs? I mean, definitely one of the top ones is, is, um, having suicidal thoughts towards self or the new baby, you know, no, yes, baby or that's belief, very common. Baby yeah. is someone else's, um, feeling yeah. hopeless, feeling guilty or worthless, being sad or overwhelmed, experience low, low mood or being restless. So, I mean, I think a lot of these are, are pretty, are pretty cookie cutter, but you know, for, for the woman who's listening, cause I'd love to, to jump in. Clearly you overcame this and you're living a great life now. So, you know, what would be your first kind of takeaway from your experience? It's not forever, you know? Yeah. Like you feel like for me, I, I always would explain it as like, I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm suffocating. Like there's like a blanket, someone's holding a blanket over me and I can't, you know, breathe. And eventually you find a way out of it. And it, it, it's, it's impossible in the moment to comprehend that it's not forever. Trust me. 100% I was convinced I was never going to love my baby that I was never going to not feel like I was like under this EOR rain cloud and that's just not the case and it's so easy for me, me to sit here and say to you that it's not forever when you're experiencing it and you're like oh, this is totally forever yeah. but I promise you it's not I I came out the other end and yes yeah, some days I still have moments where I, I flash back to it, or I, I feel guilt that I look at my older son and it was such a different beginning, but I can't change that. You know, I love Sebi. I love Sebi and I wouldn't change him for the world, but I also can't beat myself up that I, that he didn't get that same beginning as Lennox because just like every pregnancy is different every postpartum is different they're equally loved and happy so yeah no that yeah. makes sense. and Emma when if for anyone who's listening when did you start feel like was it immediate that you f- started feeling depressed and then how long was it before you kind of came out the other side like what does that timeline look like well for me I started to get depressed I guess like the first there's probably like the first few days and then it just started going downhill it was literally like a ball rolling down the hill it's kept catching speed and the thing for me I'm a huge advocate for medication I think that again there's another stigma against um, antidepressants and I think there shouldn't be I still to this day take Zoloft Mm -hmm. I am not ashamed of that I know a lot of people look down on people who take antidepressants, but I don't care because you know what? It makes me a better mom. It makes me a happier person. Yep. And I'm at a very low dose, but like why rock the boat? You know, yep. 
why rock the boat? <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I am a, definitely a proponent of, of that as well. Um, yeah, we could get into a whole conversation about, um, medication and just general depression and anxiety. And I really feel like everybody at some point in their life experiences it. Like, Oh, 100%. Unless you're a unicorn and you don't good for you. But like, you know, that's very rare because, you know, I, I still, I have anxiety. I, I deal with anxiety every day. Um, I work on ways to keep it at bay, but you know, I, have dealt with a lot of things in my, my life, like with my previous relationship and, you know, a lot of those things, they, they're, I guess, building blocks for who I am today and make me a stronger person, but also make me someone who has anxiety. <laughs> so. yeah. I mean, what, what person with social media and everything else really doesn't have anxiety today? Though? Oh my gosh. I know I, it, it's totally like, I sit there and I'm like, looking at certain pages just makes me so depressed. And I'm like, Oh, this mom has it all together. And my kids haven't bathed in like two days. So, you know, it's just, it's a lot. So Emma, how many months old was Subby when you felt like, was there like a moment that you were like, it's over, I'm out. Or was it kind of a gradual, like it was, look, it was definitely gradual for me. I started going to therapy after my husband and my mom said that it was necessary and that was helpful. But I think for me, the most helpful was the medication. I knew because obviously like, you know, I'm around this all the time. I'm around all things, pregnancy, all things postpartum. So like I I knew what postpartum depression was. I think that's key here. I think a lot of people don't know what it is and they don't know what they're experiencing. And that's why it's so important to be informed. And even if you just like, I know my baby class, they kind of like glazed over it a little bit just about postpartum depression and baby blues and what to look for. And I think that's really important because I think you need to be aware. And so many women don't know about it. You know, they don't know what it is. They don't. And especially, you know, their husbands don't know what it is and they think their wife is just acting crazy or they're just being dramatic. I've heard from from moms whose moms are like, oh, you're being so silly. Like, this is silly. Just snap out of it. And that's literally like the worst thing you could say to somebody who's dealing with it. So this leads into my next takeaway, which is you are not alone. I think it's like one in eight women um, experience some sort of postpartum depression. And for me, at least, I feel like in every situation in my life that is stressful, to know I'm not alone helps. Yep. That's why like on Instagram, like I, whenever I have any sort of like ailment, I always do like a poll to see if other people are experiencing it too. And it really makes me feel better because in those moments when you're depressed, you literally feel like you're the only person in this huge world that is experiencing that. And that cannot be further from the truth because it is more common than you think, um, motherhood is such as this universal thing. And as different as we are, we're so alike. Society puts on you that you're supposed to have this perfect pregnancy, this perfect cookie cutter, Norman Rockwell postpartum. You're supposed to immediately bond with your baby. You're immediately supposed to have this happy, perfect life with zero sleep, by the way, and 
raging hormones and that and it's just not reality for everyone yeah sure some people take to motherhood and they're great and it's just amazing but that's not the case for everybody that wasn't the case for me and as much as people expected that from me because of who my mother is right. it's just not the case yeah you, you know were, and on yeah. like uh, a more of a microscope on you to, to oh oh formative in a way of like hey this you know your mom wrote this book so you have to be selling off into the sunset you know on a you oh yeah exactly I I have to be breastfeeding which I didn't because I didn't make milk I have to have this perfect smiley life and I didn't because I had postpartum depression and in a way I'm almost now looking back I'm kind of glad that I got to experience these things because I feel like with any small platform that I have at all, I feel like it's my duty in a sense to be like, my life isn't perfect. You know, if your life isn't perfect, that's okay. Nobody's life is perfect. It's not, it's all smoke and mirrors. And like I said earlier, it's not forever. So, you know, you're not alone and this is not forever. (laughs) Yeah. When you experience something, it gives you such a deeper level of empathy for others who are experiencing it. So oftentimes when we are walking through something, we can feel alone and it's, it's our first time, but you're right. If you, you know, let's turn lemons into lemonade. It's such a gift because, and especially for you particular, you do have a platform, but you, you know, if you had a friend who goes through this now, like you can be there, you can be their rock. You can say, I've experienced this too. And this is what I've done. Emma, when you were going through this, did you have a friend or a relative or anybody that, you know, had said, Hey, I walked through that too. Was there somebody you could confide in? No, you see, so my closest friends don't have kids. <laughs> um, so my mom friends are pretty mom friends from like baby group or school. Um, but my my closest friends, one of them has a kid now, but not at the time. Right. And um, I my mom didn't have postpartum depression. Yeah. Um, she knew exactly what was going on. So that was very helpful. And she made me feel like I wasn't alone. And she really helped me out. But I didn't have anyone I could confide in who's been there. And I think that's would have been so helpful for me. Also, what's what was helpful for me is that in my mind, I had this guy who had only been dating when I gave birth for like a year. And I felt that I was letting him down by not giving him this perfect postpartum, his first biological child, this magical thing. Um, so I felt a lot of guilt with that too, which added to the, <laughs> the depression pot. Um, he was, ma- he was amazing though. So obviously it, it didn't, you know, make him feel any differently, but yeah, I think that having somebody who you can relate to and talk to and confide in is amazing. And that's why I think it's so beautiful when friends have babies around the same time because you know they can kind of lean on each other and I I didn't have that and that really sucked (laughs) yeah you know it's it's interesting I actually so my first daughter was born just a few weeks before my 26th birthday and I like you had none of my friends had kids I mean I was definitely the first right yeah I mean, they're my fourth is three and that's most of my friends first baby is around that same age. So I definitely did not have, have anybody to, you know, and, and I did not have, I don't think I had postpartum depression. I will say definitely baby yeah. for sure. And 
when my daughter was born, I do remember, like you see these videos of women just like crying and, and I remember she was born and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, why aren't you crying? Why aren't you having this moment? And like, it wasn't there. I went through 20 hours of labor and I was just relieved that she was born. And I was like, okay, now what? Like, and I didn't, exactly. Yeah. I didn't feel that immediate connection either. And, and the first thing that set in for me was what's wrong with you? Like guilt. Like, oh yeah. Are you, are you missing an emotional chip here? Like, why are you not? Yeah. You wanted this. And I, I was like, like I said, I was at that gym every week reading what to expect. And I was yeah. so excited for her to be born. And I just felt so disappointed in myself with my reaction. Um, and I definitely, I definitely had baby blues. I was living in a new area. I didn't really know anybody. And I didn't, I definitely didn't know anybody with kids, but, um, even now, if I were to be pregnant with my fifth child, which is not happening, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you anybody that I could call because I don't know, I would have to imagine somebody in my sphere of friends has had postpartum depression, but I don't think anyone has ever talked about it. Truly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And that's the problem because I think I have, I blame society, I think in a bit because it's looked down upon to have any sort of depression. And I think that's really sad. And I think it's a disservice. And I think that when we pretend and portray ourselves to be these like perfect, you know, you know, fairy tale postpartum experiences, I think in the end, we're not only doing a disservice to ourselves by not being truthful, but to other people, you know, um, one in eight. So you have to imagine, you know, how many women are silent about it and not talking about it and putting on a happy face when they're really struggling. And I think that's sad because I think that, you know, that actually kind of brings me to my next um, takeaway, which is ask for help, Right. you know, and it's, and if you can't ask for help, hopefully I, my, my biggest wish is that you are around people who recognize the signs of depression and who recognize that you do need help. You know, Emma, I wonder, so, um, at Dreamland baby, we, um, sell sleep solutions and we have a lot of parents who, you know, will will buy our sleep sack and they'll have these incredible sleep transformations first night, first week. And they'll, they'll write into us and say, I didn't know it was possible to get sleep. I just assumed for the first six, eight, 12 months, you're not sleeping. Your baby's not sleeping. Do you think that some women actually don't recognize the signs and they don't even realize that they're having postpartum depression? They just think this is how you feel after a baby. Oh, I'm sure it it goes both ways. I think that sometimes people are confused about what they're feeling. I think they're, they're like you said, the the sleep, I think that everybody goes in thinking, Oh, I'm never going to sleep again because that's kind of like what we're taught. Um, that's just not the case. Um, you prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Um, but I think that I, I don't know for me, I knew I wasn't, I wasn't me. I had so many bad thoughts that like, it was clear. It was clear for you. It was clear. Yeah. It was clear that that, that, that wasn't who I am. I, I, to have those thoughts about like, I'm okay to die right now. Like that's not who I am. Right. And even if I wasn't necessarily able to, you know, get, 
I feel like this is where I get concerned is when these women are going through this horrible depression, having these awful thoughts, and then they're around people who don't support them. And I think that's when things can take a really drastic negative turn. I think that the, for people listening, if they're, if they're a partner to somebody, um, or a friend, I think it's important for family members to listen to this episode and, and friends, because the thing is that it takes a village and you need people in your life after you have a baby to really be alert and really look for signs of postpartum depression. Because when you're in those moments, you might not recognize it. Right. You might not recognize it. And you do need other people to either like, for me, I had an intervention or if a lot of people, they'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't feel like myself what's happening and ask for help. Ask your um, gynecologist. I know when I had SEBI, I filled out this postpartum depression, I think uh, like questionnaire at the uh, pediatrician's office. Um, So they are looking for, you know, professionals. But I think like the people who are closest to you really need to observe that too. Yeah. So for, for the woman who maybe doesn't know anybody who's had postpartum depression and doesn't have a supportive network, is there somewhere she can go or a recommendation you have? Definitely speak to your OB. And if you feel like you can't talk to your OB, get a new OB because they don't just deliver your baby. You know, like, it's not just like they deliver your baby and it's done. They need, they, my OB is the one who set me up with um, a therapist after I had postpartum depression. And that's why when you're looking for an OB, it's important you find someone who you really feel like has got your back, you know, who is going to be an advocate. Also, that's also why having a doula is great because they really are looking out for your well-being too. So if you have a doula, you know, you could probably contact them and they're a great support system. Um, also, I, I'm sure a lot of local um, websites have postpartum depression uh, counselor help. Um, there's so many resources out there. Um, and when you are able to admit to yourself that maybe I need to get some help. There are so many people out there who can help you. Yeah. So really kind of looking to that medical community, your OB, your doula, um, a a counselor, if a therapist, rather, if, um, if that makes sense for you and then medication, of course, um, yes, that you had an intervention. What what do you mean by that? Well, I, I mean, my mom and my husband are like, look, you are not doing okay. You need to speak to your OB. You need to speak to a, a therapist like this. You can't go on like this. I gave birth like a few weeks before and I was like emaciated. I was sleep deprived and not because I had a newborn, but because I was just like not in my right mindset. I, I think that it's pretty clear to people who are, I guess, informed of what postpartum depression looks like, if you see a mom who doesn't want to hold their baby at all, yeah. you maybe your cockles go up and you're like, hey, something's up. That's why I think it's so important for partners and family members to be aware of 
the signs of postpartum depression because they really can be a huge instrument in helping. And I I love Um, the idea of, I think, you know, there are definitely some relationships. I remember with my first where my husband and I, we were going to the, the, what, what was it? Um, the infant like choking class and we toured the hospital together, but then when you have your, like, Oh, I don't need that anymore. And, and, you know, with your spouse maybe. And so then a lot of that research kind of falls on the mom. So I love the idea telling everybody, Hey, you know, what, you know, share with your spouse or your mom or a friend. So if you do become depressed and you do experience postpartum depression, which one in eight women do, then if you can't recognize it, somebody in your sphere knows and they can recognize it. That makes a lot. You know, yeah. Even to like print out like a one sheet about postpartum depression signs and maybe just like send them out to your closest friends or, you know, your mom, your family members, just so they have it on the back burner, just because one in eight women experience it you know, it's, you know, just be prepared just in case. I mean, that's a little bit like excessive, but maybe it's not, I don't know. You know, on first, like, I was like, Oh, that, that, that would be very proactive, but I'm like, but we prepare for everything else in our life, you know, yeah, circumstances and potential situations and food storage. And we have all these things for a disaster that may or may not come. And the likelihood of this happening again, one in eight is pretty high. Yeah. So it's really crazy to say you would prepare yourself and those that love you with that info. I think that's a really great idea. And it's almost like it should be maybe part of your birth plan. If you have, if you are that mom who has the binder, put that in there just so like other people, I don't know. I think that Emma, I think you should create one. You should create that and and we can get it out to everybody. I love that idea. Uh, Yeah. Let's do a one sheet. Let's do a one sheet. And then, but something that's not like aggressive, maybe like happy, but not happy, but like very like soft, just to like, let people know signs to look for, but make it cute. I don't know. Make it not like aggressive and medical terms, just, you know. Yeah. Simple. Exactly. Emma, thank you so much. This information is super valuable hearing your experience. Thank you for being so honest. I know everybody, Gosh, of course. Yeah. It's going to get tons of takeaways from this. We have a really quick fire round. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Are you ready to begin? Oh yeah. I'm going to be horrible at this because I'm like so good. brain. (laughs) Okay. What are you currently binging on TV? What am I binging on TV? Um, oh, oh gosh. Um, see, I'm so bad at this. Wait, what was that show? Oh, I like 90 day fiance. Oh, I guess my sister loves that. She, she she loves it so much. She had, um, her work got her, I guess they do something where they call you and they say, or make a recording and say, cameo like yeah. that. My, yeah, my girlfriend's boyfriend got her a cameo of Angela for her birthday yeah. <laughs> it was her her work got it for her though which is ridiculous. That's amazing that was okay. amazing so what is the most um recent book you've read oh my god probably what to expect when you're expecting when I was pregnant with Sebi I haven't read a book since that's okay I love it um yeah like uh do you have a productivity app or, or an app on your phone that is like your go-to Oh, the only app I use is like Instagram. I'm like horrible. No, you know what? That's your, that's your business. I love it. And then (laughs) what is your go-to de-stressor? 
I want to say a hot bath or a walk. Okay. Or I sex. That. I don't know. Or sex. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's a good discusser. Um, okay. <laughs> that's all we got for the fire round. Emma, if people want to follow you and find you, where can they follow all the things you're doing? Um, just sit. My Instagram is Emma Bing, W-T-E. Um, and I am working on a line right now that um, is in development, which is I'm very excited about. And um, there should be more information soon. But I can give you a little hint. It's um, sex-related. So stay oh, tuned. Okay. Yeah. A little spicy. I like that. A little spicy. <laughs> Awesome. Emma, thank you again. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much.